Sponsored by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend. I'm Jason Godby, and today on the program, I'll be speaking with Emmy Award-winning director Timothy Woodward Jr. about his latest film, Till Death Do Us Part. But first, we've got some film festival news for you. In August, the Greenpoint Film Festival kicked off, as it has for the past few years, with an opening night gala at the Polish Consulate where I had a chance to speak with the festival's creative director, Ricardo Villar. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, for those who speak Polish. Um, my name is Olivia Bach, and I will be your host this evening. It is my great honor to return to the consulate and present the 12th annual Greenpoint Film Festival. The Greenpoint Film Festival was founded in 2011 by a local artist, Rosa Vallado. After dedicating nine years to the festival, Vallado graciously passed the baton to Anthony Argento, the current executive director, who continues the festival's mission, and what is that mission? To create a more empathetic world around us through the medium of film. Therefore, the festival continually seeks to provide a platform for innovative and up-and-coming filmmakers who push the envelope of filmmaking. The Greenpoint Film Festival is dedicated to promoting the charming neighborhood of Greenpoint, historically known as the Little Poland of New York, on behalf of the Greenpoint Film Festival, I would like to thank the Polish Consulate of New York for hosting us so generously yet for another year. Yeah. Ricardo, how does it feel to be back here at uh, the Polish Consulate? Uh, extremely grateful especially in the current times that we're in, uh, to be hosted here in times of war at Poland, Ukraine. I mean, this is incredible to be able to celebrate culture and uh, primarily celebrating the Polish and Ukrainian culture, which we are doing today and tomorrow, uh, especially uh, in the conflict that we are all witnessing around the world. Things have changed for the festival this year. You guys were outdoors last year. You're back inside. Uh, what was the thinking behind that? We've always honestly wanted to be inside. So uh, we were just like being meticulously careful about uh, whether it was safe to be outside uh, or it was about time to be inside. And now it's, uh, since May, it's uh, officially over with the pandemic. So uh, it, it, we thought collectively that it was about the right time. And can you tell us like what we have in store for the festival this year? So we have a total of 48 films that we have curated, programmed, and uh, we're screening in the next uh, four days. Uh, 10 features and 38 short films. Um, our initial themes in the opening are about war, culture and storytelling. We have a program opening tomorrow titled Echoes of Ukraine, which is a, a short film 
called Lasik, uh, about a, 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 a older uh, a, a Ukrainian man from uh, Queens who is collecting Ukrainian stamps, or has been doing so for a hundred years. Uh, stamps are a hundred years old, but. Um, uh, that's the first short doc that we have, and then the feature that we are opening is the Hamlet Syndrome, uh, which is about uh, the first generation uh, of uh, Ukrainian uh, actors that was born after the fall of the uh, Soviet Union. And uh, we are just uh, very much adamant uh, in making sure that this is an important topic to uh, bring out to people and to not just celebrate, but to have our audience really uh, uh, go into these the, the stories because uh, they're more than just stories. They're uh, everything that uh, is important to humanity right now. Is that everything in the festival? Does everything fit that theme? or So the overall theme is uh, um, the, the evolution of storytelling. And uh, initially we wanted to go a little bit... Uh, higher with uh, our ambitions, but uh, we had to settle for something in the middle. And overall, we have one venue that is uh, celebrating the past, present, and future, which means uh, a backyard uh, in our venue, which is meant for uh, networking and mixers. Uh, food and beverages are going to be served in the uh, backyard, so it's uh, akin to celebrate how uh, uh, ancient hominids used to celebrate storytelling around the fire, but just with no fire for us. And then We'll have the indoor screenings, just uh, celebrating normal, uh, modern-day storytelling and film. And uh, we have a little bit of a surprise, which is an XR sponsor that is giving us a holographic monitor. We have an exhibit in our venue, which is made, made of holographic monitors. It's the new thing uh, in town. And um, the company is uh, Looking Glass Factory. We're very happy to be partnering with them. Um, where they have a 65-inch monitor and a few smaller displays showing comic books and uh, a few other surprises in all holograms. Uh, so it's symbolizing the future of storytelling. For festivals like this that aren't, you know, the Tribeca's or the Sundance's of the world, why do you feel these are still important? Why are people still going to these? Why do audiences come? Why do filmmakers need to be here? This question came along in the first year that we did the festival uh, because we had the option to do a drive-in or uh, to do it uh, online. And uh, you do not have a festival online. It's, uh, you need to have the ability to be networking with people, filmmakers, meeting each other, and having um, just a, a, the fifth essence of just being there. Uh, there's more than just words and uh, talking to people on a camera. There's an element, an emotional element uh, that perhaps could be uh, just more ineffable as a description of what it is. But it, you, we need to be in the room uh, when we're meeting other fellow artists and creators, uh, storytellers, uh, neighbors or friends alike. Uh, there's really no other way to celebrate storytelling other than being in the room next to all to the storytellers and we think this is what we have to do and you feel like that's that happens more at these smaller festivals than at the the bigger yes. kind of fest yes. because i adamantly believe that a lot of festivals are uh driven unfortunately by capitalism and they uh forget to look at what they're doing they rather look at the spreadsheets uh because uh, i mean yeah i get it you have to survive in, in, in a capitalistic society but it's crucially important to look at what you're providing to society uh, and not just focus on spreadsheets. You're having this festival in the midst of two strikes. 
uh, the WGA and the SAG After Strike. What does that mean to the festival, and how are you kind of dealing with it? Uh, well, we almost uh, shut down the festival. We had to uh, check ourselves before uh, we wrecked ourselves, if I feel no, but uh, we stand in solidarity with SAG After. I mean, I'm a producer director uh, as well, independent. I mean, uh, all of us working in the festival are filmmakers primarily. And this is a very uh, important issue, and we do stand uh, absolutely with the unions that are trying to continue making film a possibility rather than uh, just having a computer where somebody presses some buttons and uh, here, here's your film. No, that's not filmmaking, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's not. That's uh, some kind of late stage capitalism. Uh, that's yeah. So we need to support ourselves because. Technology right now is just not ready to serve us uh, as a species. So we need to wait a little bit before our political system can catch up or economical system can catch up before we're uh, inviting machines into our world. So uh, absolutely, we need to stand in solidarity with the unions. Um, they are the last or they're, they're on the front lines right now for what's at stake here. And there's a lot more than just jobs at stake. It's uh, everything that we take for granted on a daily basis that's really at stake. So, yes, we're going to be sending in solidarity. And honestly, all of our films are, have no studio affiliations. We had to check that out, of course, and understand uh, uh, what we have right now in our lineup. None of them have... They're all independents. There is no such thing as us promoting studios or being in association with AMP, AMPTP. Uh, none of us are members or have any affiliations with them. And for people who want to know more about the festival, possible filmmakers who want to submit to the festival, where can they find you guys online? Just uh, greenpointfilmfestival.org, O-R-G, or uh, just follow us on Instagram. Uh, primarily Instagram is our biggest social media. The festival ran from August 2nd to the 6th and concluded with an awards ceremony. Some of the winners on the night included Limbo for the Best Documentary Short, Lunchbox for Best Narrative Short. The award for Best Animation went to Feeling the Apocalypse. The Best Documentary Feature was Into the Spotlight. The awards for Best Narrative Feature and the Grand Jury Award winner was Film for Aliens. Turning now to our feature interview, Till Death Do Us Part is the story of a bride-to-be who, after running away from her wedding day, must fight for her survival against her former fiancé and his seven deadly groomsmen. I caught up with the film's director, Timothy Woodward, Jr. Welcome, Timothy. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for doing this. I know you're doing a bunch of these today, and they can probably be pretty exhausting, so I think I caught you pretty early in the day while you're fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you haven't said the, you haven't answered these questions a million times already, um, but uh, I saw the film and uh, we got a lot to talk about. My first question is, what was the genesis of this movie? Like, how did it come about? Um, I was looking actively for something to do with Natalie Byrne, um, so I was kind of scrolling through scripts, and then when this script came across, it actually had a Def Leppard quote written inside of it from Love Bites, which is automatically like the irony of that was was pretty awesome. And so when I started reading it, it was a little more straightforward. And I started thinking about, well, look, this had a lot of comedy and we added some little bit of edgy blood and some elements to it. This could be really cool and it could be fun. And I was looking for something fun to do. So that's kind of how it came about. There's a lot of action in this movie. And I think the strong point is the action. There's a lot of fights and things like that. And what I was curious, you know, you approaching this as a director, what 
like how are you able to capture the fights the way you uh the way you did which i think looks really great can you give me like what your philosophy of action is kind of what makes a great action scene you know one of the things is is having talented actors who can do their own stunts or performers you know who can back up the actors in this case we had a lot of amazing actors who could also do stunts natalie did 99 percent of her own stuff D.Y. Seau. We also had Arnold Chun, who was a great uh, fight uh, stunt coordinator. Um, but, you know, I think one of the main things for me is, you know, we did a lot of previews in this ahead of time, which is a lot of trial runs, but they did it in parks. And they were choreographed. When we got there on the day, I kind of just threw a lot of that out the window because you're looking at the room and you're seeing, you know, what do I've got to work with? How would it be? So to me, it's always, you know, each person has to have their own um their own plan, their own wants, their own desires. So Natalie's character was trying to escape. The other one was trying to get her. So you have cat and mouse. And when you create that, it's not just kill, kill. It's more of a run. And then I like to also use whatever's in the room available. You know, in one room, we had a bookshelf. We had a bed. She's throwing the books across, you know, using anything that she can. Uh, in the garage, there's the shovel. There's the chainsaw. There's you know, any any kind of thing that we can find that we can use when I walk in a room, I like to look at that and try to, you know, make it work off of that. And then also, I think that, you know, one thing is, you you know, not close choppy cuts, you know, going wide. We, we use the 12 millimeter lens, even though we shot anamorphic the entire film, we use for some of the fight scenes, a 12 millimeter spherical lens. So you could really capture the background. You could see them. You could actually see the, the hits. And you could see their faces. And I also think that there's something magical when you see a, uh, someone get hit and you see the hit land and you see their face turn towards the camera or their reaction for it. So you get the feeling of it in, in, you know, in one shot opposed to hit, change, punch, you know, go back and stuff like that. So, you know, just a few few things that we were thinking about going in. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned people being doing their own stunts because I did, you know, I, I was I was looking for doubles. In this, I was looking for points where you don't maybe see the actor's face, or because we've all seen that they're like shot from above, or they're like shot in the dark, and yeah, you can yeah. kind of tell it's it's another gal with a wig on or something. The other thing I thought about the action is it's very violent and brutal, like it, and the sh and the fights don't uh, most of the fights anyway don't go on forever, like some martial arts fights can in movies. It was so some I, I have to say I had to kind of look away. From from some cool. of the violence, uh, especially when you know you've got a young woman getting hit in the face, that was yeah. a little much. Um, can you kind of talk about? Because a lot of movies like this, they could go with a more, for lack of a better word, cartoony kind of over the top violence. Why did you decide to go with this more realistic, brutal type uh, of tone? Well, I was we were thinking in the beginning, the film is already super stylized, no matter what. So each fight has its own kind of style. And the film is very kind of, you know, stylized, the genre world, little Tarantino-ish, you know, it's got that feel to it. So with the fights, one thing we wanted is, is we didn't want to make them feel, again, too choreographed, too, you know, so there's some stuff that's sloppy. I mean, she's jumping on his head, doing stuff, but then they both fall down. You know, they're both sliding across the floor. It's reaching for, it's grabbing, it's not, you know, so we wanted to add a little flair to it, but also, again, make them very brutal um, and make them, as, if you notice, as the character actually goes along in the movie, The Bride, and she starts kind of 
unhinging a little bit more and getting away from necessarily the escape, which is still ultimately your plan, but like into this, everyone's going down mode, the fights actually get more brutal and it gets more up until our final fight, which is pretty, you know, we, we did some cool stuff there and it's, it's, it's very raw, but that's one thing that I wanted them all to feel raw and not choreograph punch react so we changed a lot of stuff on the fly to make it feel very raw and very you know animalistic so you see the bride just you know when she's had got to muster the strength she screams and like just comes at them you know full force these big ass men because that's what we felt like she would have to do if she can't run she's got to just charge well, of course there's a lot of blood in the movie and um you don't do that thing where like, say, at the end of a superhero movie, like at the end of the Black Widow movie, Scarlett Johansson looks amazing. You know, she's got she's in the field and she looks like, you know, she's fresh and beautiful. Your your heroine looks beat up at the end of this movie. Yeah, we put her we put her through it. I mean, and that was the feel. If you, if you notice also, she's doing all this with no shoes. You know, she has no shoes the entire film, just as a little detail. So she's walking across the roof, you know, going back and forth, no shoes, running across the rocks, kicking, punching, fighting, getting her feet stepped on, you know, so she's doing it with no shoes. There's blood, there's bruises, there's bangs. She's getting hit because we wanted you to feel like that, you know, this character was going through a lot. We, we threw her in everything possible. And, uh, you know, you can't, I mean, at one point, you know, she has to completely wash off, you know, her face because it's just completely there. And uh, so, yeah, you, we wanted to make sure that was a part of it. You know, we didn't want to do like blood for blood's sake because uh, we could have done it a lot more. You know, we have a lot of stuff that we could have went to extreme if we wanted to, uh, you know, some body parts that get stabbed that shouldn't, we could have added tons of blood there. We could have had blood in, you know, different places, but we didn't, but we wanted to make sure that when we did, it was effective. And it was, you saw her, you know, going through this at the end. And also there's this juxtaposition about a bride on her wedding day is the happiest day of her life. And she's, you know, in the white dress and, you know, beautiful and flowing. And our bride is like just the, my bloody Valentine, you know? Most of the time in like, well, you see uh, fights and things. You have a lot of fights in superhero movies. Yeah. But nobody ever looks like they're really getting hurt. Like yeah. they seem to be cutting on each hit and going back and forth, which is like a popular style. Was there kind of in the edit where was that something that you decided later where you're like, we're not going to cut on every hit. We're going to linger there for a moment. Yeah. You know, one fortunate thing is that we kind of shot it where you almost couldn't even if we wanted to because we really shot wide on a lot of stuff um and a lot of this stuff was set up just like uh you know i, I don't want to give away too much but there's a fight with the at the end fight and there's a moment where the camera's locked on the back and you see the hit and natalie's face just the bride just turns right into it and that was the only sh only shot of that we didn't do it and cover it you know from the other angle like you would normally do because i didn't want to get into a spot where I wasn't using these certain hits that were meant to showcase that. Because to me, it wasn't about the hit. It was about seeing her face whipping a camera after the hit and dropping out that I felt like was going to be effective. So we didn't even cover that from the other side, for example. So there was a lot of stuff like that that was just designed that was going to be that way. And that was it. Uh, there's another example when Natalie does a split and she does something with the split. She goes up, you know, there's a knife. 
And you see, that was never shot from the other side or the, you know, for the other guy, because it was all about that moment. And we wanted to stay in that. There seems to be, have been a resurgence now of the sort of lower or mid-budget action films that are rated R. Like they're like they they're not this sort of sugar coated PG thirteen type of thing. Was there any film or any sort of anything that told you that you had the license to make a fully rated R film and not have to dumb it down for PG thirteen? No, I don't think so. I think what it was more for me is in today's marketplace. Number one, it's very hard to stand out as an independent, so I wanted to do something completely different. And number two, I just thought about, you know, there's this humor in it. There's like ways of doing it. And I thought how, you know, let's stand out, let's make something. And I just kind of went balls to the walls with whatever I felt at the moment. And I just didn't hold back. And luckily I was able to release it the way I was because I honestly thought I might catch a little bit of slack on certain things and be told, hey, you know, you have to pull this back a little bit, especially if you want to get a theatrical release. Uh, luckily I didn't. So, you know, you get to see it the way that, you know, I wanted it done. So if it, you know, if it fails, I fall on the sword and if it does good, then that's great. You know, but it was never meant for to be a movie where everyone can say, Oh, I love that. It's definitely a movie where if you can appreciate the humor behind it and you appreciate good fights and you appreciate some tension and, and you can get the overall tone of the movie, you're going to like it. If you go in thinking it's a very serious movie and, you know, there's, you know, it's it's every moment is supposed to be taken, not with a chuckle or with with all seriousness. And we do have some serious stuff in there. It's a mix. Then, you know, you, you may have a, a time with it. You know what I mean? If you think you're going to go see a straight up, just straight horror movie, you're not going to you know enjoy yourself as much as if you go in knowing you're looking at something that's very genre bending, that's very tongue in cheek, that has some serious moments in it. And but but it's supposed to be a fun movie. And that's what you know, what I went out to make. It doesn't seem like there was a concern on your part or in the writing or anywhere along the way where you guys are like, hey, we're going to lose audience if we do this. You know what? At the end of the day, I've done a lot of, of movies. You know, I've been fortunate enough to win an Emmy, um, and, you know, for a series that I did. And I feel like at some point, artistically, you have to just say, you know, I want to have fun and do this. And, you know, if it does offend anyone, I apologize. It's not my goal. My goal was to make something that was just very fun and very entertaining. And, you know, and again, I think art is something that's always going to be subjective. Entertainment is going to be subjective. Some people like certain types of things. Some people don't. But we definitely didn't go in with the mind of offending people. But we also didn't pull back either. I didn't want to pull back because at the end of the day, even though people may not agree with certain violent elements or say, hey, this is this is that, you know, I've even read on message boards, people are saying, you know, well, they're taking marriage, which is, you know, supposed to be this sacred thing and, and making fun of. Them. And it's not the movie's actually actually deeper when you watch it. It's not just about a bride leaving her husband and you know the, there's an under story for why she's doing it and there's also a women's empowerment thing here when you look at it and you know we have a strong female lead who's ukrainian and uh you know who kicks butt and we have some funny guys who, who kick butt so we were trying to have a good time with it great i gotta wrap up so uh i will ask you for those who want to find out more uh, about this film online? Uh, is there a website, social media you can let us, uh, you, you can find him on? 
Yeah, it's till death do us part dot movie is the website. Fandango.com has uh, tickets everywhere. AMC.com also, we're in a lot of AMC theaters, but Fandango.com to even the other chains. Uh, August 4th, this Friday, you know, we hope everybody spreads the word. It's a small indie film, non-AMPTP. Uh, so we're completely independent of the studios. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting a, 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 you know, a release that's, you know, in almost every state. And we have, you know, several hundred theaters. And we are, you know, hoping that everyone will come out and support the film and tell their friends and just have a good time. Go check it out. Thank you so much. This was great. Good luck with the movie. Congratulations on the movie and getting a release. And, you know, if you have another uh, project uh, sometime down the road, please do come back. Hey, thank you. I will. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And that's all we have time for today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, including our movie reviews, visit our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, youtube.com slash getbehindtherabbit. I'd like to thank my guests, Ricardo Villar and Timothy Woodward Jr., as well as our sponsor, JMR Rentals. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.